Everybody, welcome to Exponential Wisdom. My name is Peter Diamandis. I'm here with my coach, Dan Sullivan. Dan, a pleasure, pal. How are you doing? Always a pleasure, Peter. I gear up for this. <laughs> you know, I make sure that I double my Adderall for the day about a half hour before I meet you. And in the future, I won't have to do that because I'll have a band that goes around my head that settles me down. Yeah, well, and we'll have your brain connected to the cloud, and you and I will just connect with each other. Right. So there's so many incredible entrepreneurs and so many incredible companies out there. It's crazy, right? Because the speed at which we're seeing these inventions and that all these inventions are multipliers for other inventions. So it's always fun to come to this Exponential Wisdom podcast and share some of the mm -hmm. things that I'm seeing. There are a couple that I'd love to chat mm -hmm. about because they're where things are going. I get to see a lot of these through Abundance 360 because I'm always searching the world looking for cool technologies to bring to the membership for them to touch and try and and taste and play with. And then I also, through my venture fund, Bold Capital, get a chance to see hundreds mm -hmm. of deals. One of the deals we saw recently and invested in, it came out of Caltech. And it's something I've been waiting for for the longest time. I think it's finally here. The company is now called Guru, G-U-R-U. It's going to be at CES for the first time this year. CES being the Consumer Electronics Show, right? Yeah, the Consumer yeah. Electronics Show. And it is wireless power. It is the concept of being able to transmit power to your phone, your computer, your devices from a transmitter in the room without needing to plug your stuff in. And this isn't inductive power. So we've had a charging pad where you would put your phone on a pad and because of the close proximity, electromagnetic waves pulsing through your phone would hit an inductive coil and charge it. This is actually transmission at a distance where you're seeing the energy being sent over two, three, four, or five meters distance so that when your phone is on your desk or your nightstand in your room, it's always being charged and you're getting rid of cables. So I can imagine these kinds of systems inside your car, inside your coffee shop. Well, it's really interesting that you should mention this because we have the technicians in today and we're kind of the tenant that ate our building. We have this big room with cables and he said, you know, for everything that you're doing, we have 85 people in our we have about 45,000 square feet. And he said, you know, you have 506 cables in there right now. So it's really interesting. He said, you know, it's really getting complicated here. Yeah. Well, we always said we're going to go to a paperless society and a cableless society. We've got more paper than ever before, more cables than ever before. Well, paper is very useful technology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm looking at, there are two technologies right now that are going to be starting to break away cables. One is 5G, right? 5G, which is now going from what was 100 megabit to you know gigabit and multi-gigabit connection speeds. So we're going to start to see short-haul hmm. wireless data transmission where we're going to get rid of a lot of these cables, but mm. still get the very high speed. Mm. And then these wireless mm. power transmission is the other. So I imagine, for example, in the future, you're going to take your new television that you unbox before we get rid of screens altogether and go to augmented reality glassware. And you'll hang your TV on the wall, and you won't have to plug it into anything. The power will be transmitted to it mm -hmm. wirelessly, mm -hmm. and 5G will send the signal to it. So, you know, I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. 
Where are the applications already showing up soonest? In other words, you know, when a new capability develops, there's immediate early adapters because like you, they've been waiting for it and they put in the order a long time ago. It just got delivered. So where are you seeing the real you know, take it and use it as fast as you yeah, can. Yeah, it's just rolling out now. But these companies, there's Guru, there's Osea, there's one other. I think ultimately it is going to be your mobile devices. Mm-hmm. All your mobile devices will have these kinds of receiving antennas, these rectennas that are able to gather the power and keep you charged, you know, at least trickle charge, so you're not losing power while you're inside the room. You know, we're all fighting with batteries all the time. Mm. So... I just find that as a super cool technology that I'm tracking that I think is going to be rolling out soon. Can I ask a question there? Yeah. And it's probably the topic, your criteria for investments in bold ventures. I mean, what's the checks that have to go in there? You know, I think it's really for a whole podcast, but <laughs> what was it about this one? Because you said two things you've been tracking, but you've also invested. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Bold Capital myself. So, Bold Capital Partners, BCP is the official full name. We're looking for companies that are using exponential technologies that can impact problems at a billion-person scale, mm-hmm. right? So we're looking for things that are not just going to be a one-off. It's not a government supplier. It's something that is able to touch the lives and solve problems. And Right now, access to energy in terms of in batteries and devices because we're electrifying everything mm-hmm. is one of those challenges. So I'm really looking for stuff that is on the abundance theme mm-hmm. of making the world a better place and the whole singularity theme of using exponential technologies yep. to do that at scale. There's another tech that I'm excited about. It's in development now, and it comes from a couple of different directions. Mm-hmm. One is from a friend of mine, Philip Rosedale, who is the creator of Second Life and a company called High Fidelity. Another one comes from an Abundance 360 member, Glenn Sanford, mm-hmm. who runs a company called EXP Realty. His story is fascinating. He runs a realty company, and back in 2007 Nationwide. And in Canada as well. Yeah, yeah. So back in 2008, when the real estate meltdown occurred, he closed down his offices, tried to keep the company alive. And when he started rebuilding it, he said, do we really actually need an office it's a strange thing for a real estate <laughs> yeah. agent to say, right? <laughs> yeah. So they ended up creating a virtualized company. So they created the software that operates on your desktop right now. It's not VR goggles, but they've got hundreds and hundreds of real estate agents around the country in like three different provinces, and they all meet in a virtual office. So they've created their EXP Realty offices are an island a virtual island that when you go to, there's an avatar of you and you can walk around the island and go meet your friends and Mm -hmm. go have meetings and go have training sessions and so forth. But you don't leave the comfort of your pajamas or your living room. It's still the early days, but it is the whole concept of digitizing Mm -hmm. and dematerializing offices and office space and meeting space. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get there in a very powerful fashion. So all of a sudden, I can hire someone who lives on the other side of the country, is amazing, but is not willing to move, Mm -hmm. but have them fully engaged in what I'm doing. 
And it's a way of delocalizing talent around the planet. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about this is coach people know I turn out a new book every quarter and it's got a significant complement of cartoons with it. My cartoonist is 1,200 miles away. He lives in Prince Edward Island, one of the eastern provinces in Canada. And we do all of our sketch work right on the screen with Zoom. I have the outline, you know, the text outline, and we just sit there and we just talk it through. So, I mean, even within existing technology, we can have this. But this is kind of avatar stuff, too, you know. Is that right? That you select something that looks like you that can attend the meeting, and it's your choice what you want to look like? Yes, it's exactly that, and we're getting more and more capable. Now, the technology that's being used by Glenn Sanford and his team are just the beginning. Your avatar is someone like you, and you can go and meet people and talk using audio and play and see what other people are seeing. The technology that's coming out from the VR world is you can digitize yourself from a photo. You can take a snapshot of yourself and create a really photorealistic avatar that then is in this world. And then when you're wearing VR goggles, you see the person and feel like you're with them and they see you and feel like you're with you. You're, it's a firsthand relationship versus a secondhand relationship. Well, two things. I know you're always trying to get out of the Chicago and Toronto trip. Uh I'm just saying, eat your heart out about that. Uh, I require your presence. I understand And the other thing is, you can never put a robot between me and you. This is part of the 25-year deal. I'm backdating the original agreement. You can't put a (laughs) robot between you and me because it won't look stressed out, and that's not Peter. Yeah, well, you know, we're having this conversation (laughs) over Zoom, And yeah, the stressed out Peter doing 20,000 things at once, not taking his free days properly. Uh, Those are other conversations. But, you know, Zoom, which just went public for some ridiculous valuation, good on them, is an extraordinarily useful tool, right? Yeah. It's really about what the concept of save time, Mm -hmm. you know, because while this is not as great a conversation between us as would be if we were kicking back at a coffee mm-hmm. in your beautiful mm-hmm. offices. If you weighed that against the 48 hours and the $3,000, yeah. mm-hmm. it's a pretty good trade-off. But I want to posit that there will be a time yeah. where being virtually connected in a virtual space is actually going to be a better experience than being face-to-face. Yeah. Well, the thing is that nothing goes away. So it's kind of like I grew up with my first experience was radio. Then you had TV. TV comes in. They say radio is going to go away. There's more radio in the world than there's ever been. You can get it on satellite now, radio. And when computers came in and you could see Netflix on your computer, they say, well, first of all, you know, movies said no more theater. There's more theater in the world. There's more movies in the world, you know, and everything. So my feeling is it's a long time tail thing, but at the left hand, if you're thinking about it in normal terms, the long tail, that basically there's dominant new technologies right off the bat that are going to get everybody's attention. And the reason is because there's build-up need. There's enormous aspirations that can't be really realized until this new capability actually comes out. And I think you're talking about something here. You know, the airline industries are really encouraging this because, you know, as far as I can tell, their marketing strategy generally is we're not happy until you're not happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is for sure. 
But this idea of moving your meat body around versus your senses and your actions and your knowledge, I think a lot of this is around the 60s of it's about yeah. dematerializing, demonetizing, and democratizing. There's another technology that is related to this, which is Avatar mm-hmm. XPRIZE, right? And there's a friend of mine, Dr. Harry Clore, who was the bold innovator, is working on a company called Beyond Imagination to do this. And we have a whole bunch of teams working on the Avatar XPRIZE. And the concept here is, can you build a robot that is humanoid, that you can occupy that robot's senses, where you're looking through the robot's eyes, you're speaking through the robot's mouth, you're hearing through the robot's ears, and as you move your arms around, the robot's moving around, as you walk around, the robot's walking around. You know, the movie Avatar that James Cameron did, mm-hmm. you're projecting your consciousness into a organic mm-hmm. being, mm-hmm. a large, tall, blue, organic being with a tail. But mm-hmm. here it's the question of, can you do it with humanoid robots? One of the things that I'm even thinking about it as you're mentioning the different examples today, the big thing is that all these people you mentioned who are doing totally different things can actually talk to each other. So, you know, you get this surprises come out, you know, because my belief is that all creativity is putting unique things together with other unique things that logically don't connect, but the human brain actually connects them. And they usually take two things and create a third thing. So, you know, I'm seeing, and of course, that's more and more our push on A360 is actually just bringing a lot of really bright automatic who's and robotic who's, you know, the makers of these, but then combining them with entrepreneurs say, hey, could you get it to do this? And could you get it to do that? And oh, I immediately am going to use this, but they're going to use it in a way that the inventor had naturally thought about. Yeah. I mean, that's the exciting thing is when you create a platform play and you open it up for other people to build on top of your technology in unique ways, right? A whole vision of innovation it's you're building on my idea and I building on your idea. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the old world was if you had a watch and I had a chunk of gold and I swapped you, now you had a chunk of gold and I had a watch. Yeah. But in the idea economy, if you have an idea and I have an idea, we put them together, now you've got your original idea, I've got my original idea, now we got a new idea together. Yeah, it's always a plus sum result. It's never a zero sum in this world. Yeah. Because you don't have less than what you contributed. You have more than what you contributed. You know, you always benefit from it. It's interesting. The company that funded the Avatar X Prize is all Nippon Airways, ANA. Mm-hmm. And they did something that very few companies and entrepreneurs do, which is they said, how do we disrupt ourselves? Mm-hmm. And what's going to cause people to not get on an airplane? And if you could transmit your actions and your senses at a distance, that may be reasonably good for a lot of different elements. And you and I have talked about my view is eventually I will dematerialize and demonetize and democratize A360. You know, I'm doing that a little bit right now with my Mm -hmm. Abundance digital community, which gets to watch A360 live. But there is going to be a point where when I choose to go and attend an event through a virtual platform, I think one can imagine I'm saving time, I'm saving money, and when I'm seeing you and interacting with you, I'm getting all this additional data, right? I have an AI interface layer between me and you. That's right. I'm seeing your pupillary reaction. I'm seeing the color of your face if I say something that is correct or wrong. I'll give you an example with the face recognition software. I just came back from China, 
and I saw this one company that is teaching children on iPads, and it uses the forward-looking camera on the iPad to look at the child's face and do facial recognition. It can sense whether the child is confused or gets it. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine the value of teaching a lesson to a child, and if the kid looks confused, it says, well, let me try that again in a different way. Right. Well, the interesting thing is, you know, and I've really adjusted to this as, you know, I've pushed for my longevity goal. By the way, put this on the calendar, May 20th. That's a date that you know real well. Yes. But May 20th in Toronto in 2022. Okay. And it's my halftime party. Yes. It's my halftime party. It's in the date. The hotel's getting reserved this week. And I'm having a 2022. And the reason I say that Peter knows this well, because that's his birthday. Mine's on the 19th. Yeah. But it's not your halftime party, because that's three centuries (laughs) in the future. So (laughs) it'll be my 10% party. (laughs) 10% party. And, you know, it's really interesting because I'd go through a complete battery top to bottom of all my tests available, really, you know, genetic testing and everything else. And I started three years ago and just in telomeres, I've dropped 12 years in the last three years in telomeres. Nice. You know, and people see pictures of me 20 years ago and they say, you look a lot younger right now. I just had my all-time VO2 max. My bone density just went up by two-tenths of a pound. So the thing is that if you have the aspiration, the means will be available to actually assist you in staying young when chronologically you're quite a bit older. So, you know, I mean, this is available now. And David Sinclair's book, we're having a discussion group on David Sinclair's book, and he's going to be a keynote speaker at your longevity convergence on day three. Yes. Could you just put a pitch out for him? Because if there's a sort of unifying technological breakthrough, I know AI is one of them, but I have to tell you where the hands go up, it's the longevity convergence. Yeah, sure. We can maybe close on this. So David Sinclair is a friend. He's a professor at Harvard running the longevity research labs there. And what he's discovered is there is a part of our genome called the epigenome. It's not the sequence, the A, T, Cs, and Gs, the 3.2 billion letters of your life, but it's the methylation and the way that your genes are expressed. So a kidney cell opens up and reads the part of the DNA that is generating proteins specific for a kidney, different from a muscle cell, different from a pulmonary cell, and so forth. And as we age, what he's discovered, there's a system called the sirtuin system, and there are, I think, seven different sirtuin genes that have a dual function. On one side, the sirtuin system can go and repair genetic damage. On the second side, that same system controls which genes are being expressed and turned on and shut down. As we grow older, we get a lot more gene damage from radiation, free radicals, all kinds of things. And our sirtuin system is trying to correct and fix those broken genes. But if you have more and more damage, they're focused on that and they stop properly regulating which genes are turned on and which genes are turned off and it leads to cancers. So he has a theory called the information theory of aging. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with activating the sirtuin systems. They use a molecule to power them called NAD. And his view is that boosting NAD levels in your body are a critically important part of the equation. And a precursor to NAD is NMN, 
which is what he takes right now and what I take mm -hmm. right now. But I want the super stuff that you've got secret access to. Yes, yes, I'm working on it, my friend. <laughs> and I hope to deliver it to our community at A360. So anyway, that's what we've got today, Paul. I appreciate your time as always and looking forward to our next session of Exponential Wisdom. You bet. Yeah. Take care. Take care.